Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hope you enjoyed your bye week. Welcome back to the Steelers Now pregame scout. I'm Matt Geico alongside analyst Derek Bell. As we get back to it, the Steelers are no longer in first place in the AFC North. That was a fun week. While it lasted as the Baltimore Ravens picked up a win. So they're now four and two. The Steelers were, of course, idle. And now they face the prospect of traveling cross country, getting acclimated to the time zone and taking on the L.A. Rams at SoFi Stadium in a game that most of the country will see at about 415. Derek, how'd you spend your bye week? You were joking with me that it was actually quite relaxing for you to just watch some football and not worry about having to break it all down. Yeah, this might be a hot take, man, but I really enjoy like the 930 London games just because mm-hmm. I'm a yeah. football like nerd like that. And I really enjoy being able to get up on Sunday morning and immediately pop on some football like while I'm cleaning my house and cleaning my basement up. Uh, but yeah, me, me, my buddy, my daughter, my wife uh, just sat around the you know couch, watch football all day. I didn't have to like create any content, do any writing or uh, do any videos or anything like that. So that was kind of nice, you know, just be able to watch some ball. And I also think it's It's kind of cool for me to, um, you know, be able to kind of zoom out a little bit and see like some of the trends around the league and some of the cool stuff that um, offenses and defenses are doing. So um, it was a relaxing bye week uh, for sure. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready for Steelers football this weekend, though. I'm ready to get back after it. Yeah, I was going to say, don't get too used to it. Don't enjoy it too much because we've got long way to go months here of regular (laughs) season to go. And of course, uh, looking forward to potentially at least one playoff game. But that's still a long way down the pike. The Steelers are at three and two, like I said, in playoff contention. I suppose it is a privilege to worry about the the standings at this point of the year. Better than being one and five or something like that. A lot of teams are in that hopeless position. As for the Steelers, part of the reason they're not hopeless, Derek, is that George Pickens has done a wonderful job uh, in the absence of Deontay Johnson, even of taking over the number one role, at least technically. Now, when it comes to is he a real number one, quote unquote, in the NFL? What are your thoughts on that? Because you wrote up a nice piece on Pickens last week for Steelers Now Plus. I suggest all the viewers go back and check that one out. Pickens clearly a a physically talented guy, a guy who can win one-on-one battles, a guy you can throw to the back shoulder, you can throw it up in the air. Uh, But what are you seeing from him overall, especially since Deontay has been out and hoping to get him back this week? But what have you seen without Deontay that might lead you to believe that he could carry the load as the number one guy on the Steelers going forward? Yeah, I think I think, um, you know, it's it's no secret that Pickens has always been a really talented player. I mean, you listen to Mike Tomlin talk about it in the press conference, you know, um, this was always I think I wrote this kind of exact phrase in the article. But I feel like, you know, stardom uh, has always been like Pickens destiny. Like he's been somebody who the second he stepped on the field at Georgia, he looked like 
he just looked different. And that's really the best way to characterize it. He's not the typical, you know, 22 year old receiver, just like he wasn't the typical freshman when he came to Georgia. So uh, just some of the things that he's doing right now, I think at a really high, high level, um, you know, you're seeing some improvements as a route runner. Uh, he's, he's gathering some nuance to his game, understanding how to beat leverage, uh, manipulate defenders, things like that. Um, you know, I've, I've been encouraged by, you know, the more that they put on his plate, you know, with an expanded route tree, you know, as he seemed like he's taken that on in stride um, and he's still been really productive. You know, teams have done some creative things to try to take him away. They're treating him like a number one receiver. You know, he's seeing clouded coverages, brackets, safety help, the number one corner on opposing teams. So teams are trying to take him away, but he's still been really productive. And I think like last week was a little bit of a throwback to his rookie season. You mentioned the back shoulder stuff and, you know, uh, Baltimore came into the game and they were pretty much daring the Steelers like, all right, throw it over our head. Like, we don't think you could do it. We like our guys on the outside as much or if not more than, you know, you guys like your weapons. And Pickens made a pay, man, like down the stretch of that game, like he really took over, caught several back shoulders. Of course, he caught the game winning touchdown. Uh, with less than two minutes left to go in, in regulation. And, um, you know, I think it's really encouraging, you know, the steps that he's taken forward, um, especially when you take into account that the Steelers are about to get, you know, the guy who's been their number one wide receiver for the last two, three years, they're about to get that dude back in the lineup as well. How do you think the Steelers keep finding these playmakers at wide receiver beyond the first round of the draft? They've been doing it for a long time, and now we're into our second general manager of uh, of doing that sort of thing. Um, with Omar Khan, he's going to hope to continue that tradition that Kevin Colbert certainly started along with his scouting staff. So uh, what do you think the Steelers look for when they are scouting these college wide receivers? Why are they finding all these diamonds in the rough, I suppose, is the bigger picture question. Yeah, I think it's a couple different things for me. I think anytime you see success like that for um, a specific position group, I think it tells you that everyone in the organization is on the same page. Uh, First and foremost, you know, the scouting department is doing an excellent job finding specific traits on what they look for from specific positions. And then, you know, they're making sure that they're getting the coaching staff, the right guys to help them mold um, at the next level. So I think that's always good because, you know, sometimes like when things don't work out for young players, it's because, you know, the maybe the scouting department or maybe the coaches are on different kind of uh, ideas, not necessarily on the same page. And, you know, that's never felt like that in Pittsburgh. You know, it does help, you know, having Big Ben for however many years they did, whatever, two decades, you know, having that level of quarterback play is awesome. Uh, but, you know, we're seeing them sustain that success even after that uh, with, you know, Pickens being kind of the latest star receiver that they've drafted. Um, I think it just, you know, they know exactly what they want, you know, in terms of like their ex receivers, you know, you heard Tomlin this week talk about what Deontay brings to the table, expert route running. So like they've had a type for what that position, like what they want that position to look like. Deontay's not Antonio Brown, but like when you look at specific things that they do well, there is some similarities, you know, the ability to be press coverage, the ability to run routes, create separation at the break point. Both of those guys do that at an extremely high level. So when you can put guys in the right position, you know exactly the traits that you want these specific positions to have. I think it gives your, you know, your coaching staff a clear vision of what the those guys are going to do for you at the next level. And it helps kind of accelerate the process to where these young guys can make an impact, you know, really from day one almost with some of these guys. Now, we don't know if Deontay Johnson is going to be back for Sunday against the Rams. He said last week that he was hoping to be, he was planning to be back. Mike Tomlin, a little more noncommittal, a lot more noncommittal at his Tuesday press conference. But I think we can reasonably expect that he's going to give it a go here. And whenever... Deontay does come back 
where do you think the division of labor goes uh, as far as uh, plays drawn up for a certain guy, as far as just raw snaps, um, as far as the looks that the Steelers are going to give to opposing defenses with these two uh, could be potentially number one quality receivers out there. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a big boost to the Steelers' offense. I mean, you know, they're, they're bottom three. I think they're 29th in success rate right now on offense. You know, Kenny Pickett, we've talked at length, you know, really about his struggles um, over the first five weeks of the season. I think having Deontay Beck is going to be really good for this offense uh, for a couple of different reasons. I just think that the way that Deontay wins, you know, that that space generator, uh, if you will, on the outside, I think that the timing aspect of like how his game works could really help, you know, provide kind of a calming presence for Kenny Pickett. You talk about you look at the numbers and some of the outlying numbers for Pickett. This is something I wrote about for Steelers now. Pickett's uh, numbers really across the board on like one to three step drops. So those quick game throws, the ball, the ball supposed to be out in less than two and a half seconds. Those numbers are really down across the board. So um, mm-hmm. I think some of that could be due to missing Deontay Johnson. You know, you saw over the second half of last season, him and Johnson started getting on the same page. You saw some anticipatory throws from uh, from Pickett. Those guys just doing a good job being on the same page and getting into a rhythm. And, you know, Tomlin was asked about this, about this, during the press conference this week about how to get Kenny started earlier. Well, I think like having a guy where you know exactly where he's going to be, you know, he's going to be open. That trust factor could help them. And, you know, when you have those two number one type receivers, uh, like we really hope that the Steelers are going to have for the rest of the season between him and Pickens, it's going to force some difficult decisions on defensive coordinators on how they're going to play him. Cause like some of the stuff that they've been doing to try to take Pickens away, some of the deep ball stuff, I mentioned some of the bracket coverages, the clouded coverages, things like that. Uh, with Deontay back in the lineup, you know, teams are going to have a decision to make on who they're going to focus more of their attention to, and that's going to open more opportunities up for the other guys in the lineup. Well, speaking of scheming it up, the Steelers will um, go at it against the Rams here, trying to uh, have a more consistent performance, trying to give their best playmakers on the offensive side a chance to succeed, not just on the final drive of the game. I know that's not how they drew it up against the Ravens, but that's how it ended up. Another ugly win for the Steelers and especially ugly in relation to uh, the offense. So there was an interesting um, data visualization, I guess you could call it. I saw out there on X slash Twitter, whatever we want to call it this week, um, noting that the Steelers were dead last in the NFL in uh, facing perfect covered plays. Uh, In other words, the defenses they're going against are covering up their plays more than any other team in the league, as far as having defensive backs in the proper positions, as, as far as, uh, as, as far as stymieing them and preventing their success rates. So, um, and you look at a team like the 49ers, this was in relation to a discussion on Brock Purdy and why he's doing so well, uh, because a lot of times he's thrown against busted coverages and the Steelers and Kenny Pickett in particular are not on the opposite side of that thing. So I know we've talked about play action before. We've talked about different things, but what's your take on that bit of data, which I found pretty compelling and also matching up with what a lot of us are talking about when we look at the Steelers offense. Yeah, I mean, I think it goes back to, you know, several different things. You know, we we just got through finish talking about, you know, no Deontay Johnson in the lineup. You know, Pat Fryermuth didn't play as, as well last week. So, you know, the absence of having, you know, your number one wide receiver is going to, especially the guy who literally, according to like ESPN Analytics last year, was the most open wide receiver in the National Football League. <laughs> so when you take that guy away, like, yeah, you're you're going to be facing a lot, lot tighter looks um, on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, but just from a um, from a schematic perspective, you know, I think play action, you know, is a valid point. You know, play action is one of these things where like we almost talk about it in too broad of a scope. 
you don't necessarily have to use play action. You don't necessarily have to use motion in order for your offense to be extremely effective. It's just a really good efficiency booster for those offenses that maybe don't have like necessarily the superstar talent, maybe at quarterback, or maybe you're trying to shore up some offensive line deficiencies, or maybe you got some receivers that struggle to create separation. Um, so that is one of the interesting talking points. Like if you look at it, you know, Kenny Pickett's only got nine passing attempts, right, from this season where they've been under center and they've been using play action. That's 26th in the National Football League. I mean, there's some guys that are backups uh, that are that are higher up in percentage on that. So it's that's one of the things, you know, just being a little predictable. And I think with the Steelers passing game in general, one of the long complaints that I've had is, you know, they do run a lot of like the classics stuff in terms of like the old school passing concepts. Um, they run some really elementary stuff, but it just seems like the game planning aspect of it, you know, okay, we think that we're going to get this coverage on third down when we're in third and long, like that aspect of it just always seems like it's lacking to me. In addition to just the run in the past game always seems so divided. Um, and one of the, like, they don't work off of each other enough. And I think that's how you get to some of these really cloudy pictures for the quarterback. And, uh, looking at, just the body of work so far from uh, Matt Canada, the offensive coordinator uh, in terms of this year alone, are, are you seeing a big difference? Uh, we've had five games now compared to what we saw last year with, for the most part, Kenny Pickett at quarterback. Do you feel like there's been an adjustment, uh, whether it be in a, a positive direction or a negative direction schematically? Yeah. I mean, they, they've tried to do some, and I don't, I don't want to make it seem like they haven't tried any adjustments. You know, one of the big adjustments from the off season was, um, you know, they wanted to be more 12 personnel heavy. So they went out, they drafted Darnell Washington. So some of the stuff that they wanted to do early in the season with the run game, you know, being in 12 personnel, running a little more gap scheme because they were extremely zone dependent last year. So they tried that, but the problem is they just haven't been able to run out of 12 personnel. They're getting bodied up front. So that that's part of it, too. And like we can talk about the schematic element of it. But when you're not winning blocks at the line of scrimmage, it's, there's only so much you can do with that, especially if you're running like a gap scheme where that's dependent on getting that vertical displacement at the line. So um, that's been issues. You know, they've tried some different stuff in the run game. I actually think that some of the answers that they've been able to find in the run game, it hasn't been nearly consistent enough, but it it's at least been an effort you know they've tried some inside zone stuff against light boxes which i anticipate we'll see more of that this weekend against the rams who play a lot of light boxes uh but they've tried some trap stuff against houston you know they've tried some answers it just seems like this passing game man is just so outdated it's so predictable it's not explosive enough um and that's why like i think that the people that are constantly harping on the lack of play action is like okay how are we going to generate these explosive plays if we're not able to do it just from the straight drop back game um, and it's it's hard to be an efficient offense when you can't throw the football efficiently, and they haven't been able to do that so far this year. Okay, let's turn from scheme to personnel on third down here on the Steelers Now pregame scout. Thanks for watching and listening as we're back to get it revved up for, I was going to say the second half of the season. That's not quite right, but it is the post-buy portion uh, of the season. Mike Tomlin has talked in the past about having quote-unquote avatar cornerbacks. I didn't see the movie, Derek, but I know what he's talking about. Long, <laughs> long arms. Uh, just general tall uh, cornerbacks uh, in the Steelers defensive backfield. Well, they had another one this week as they uh, made a shift. They ended up releasing Desmond King and they signed Darius Rush late of the Colts. Um, he's a guy who fits into that avatar slash alien mode, whatever you want to call it. Do you think this is a big value play for the Steelers or just a matter of continuing to throw a certain body type at the wall and for lack of a better term, see which one sticks 
um, whether it be in the starting lineup or in a regular rotation. Yeah, I think I, I like the swing a lot, man, to be honest with you. I mean, I went back and looked. Um, I had Rush graded out as the, I think, 82nd or 83rd player on my big board. He slid all the way into the fifth round. That was surprising to a lot of draft kind of Knicks um, out there. You know, Rush, like you mentioned, big, tall, long, fast. That's that's kind of the um, kind of the MO for what the Steelers have kind of been after over the last calendar year. You look at Joey Porter Jr., you look at Corey Trice, who unfortunately, you know, suffered another serious injury. Um, and then now Darius Rush. I think if you're going to take gambles on the position, um, really any position, but especially corner, which is a traditionally a, a stopwatch position, if you will, you know, taking these gambles, these dart throws on really athletic cornerbacks is is smart. It's smart business. And, you know, Rush also brings kind of an interesting floor to go along with his ceiling because he was a really good special teams player at South Carolina. He had like 15 special teams tackles. He has gunner experience. Now, will the Steelers need that from him necessarily off the bat? Probably not because I don't even know if he's going to get a helmet uh, to start this. You know, they've got James Pierre, Miles, Miles Boykin out there. Um, maybe he's active. Maybe he's not here in the next couple of weeks. But, you know, I think that does give him a nice floor to potentially stick on the roster. And overall, Rush, you know, he's he's pretty raw for the position. He's a former wide receiver convert. So that's something interesting about him as well. Um, but again, I just like, you know, taking these are type of gambles that I'm all about taking, especially for free. I mean, this guy was literally off a of practice squad. I, I like the gamble. And when you look at other positions for the Steelers, is there another spot on the field? We've talked about offensive line perhaps being underperforming. Is there a spot where they can continue to to look to guys who have been discarded from other organizations that they can look to create some roster churn here? Um, do you feel like that could be in the offing or do you think it, it, it should be in the offing for any other spot? Yeah, I mean, I think the cornerback thing is really interesting because, you know, we talked about, you know, some of the struggles that the outside cornerbacks have had. You know, everybody's been pushing for more and more playing time for Joey Porter Jr. But the veterans in the room, you know, Levi Wallace, Patrick Peterson, haven't played particularly well so far this season. And, you know, I, I like taking this gamble at corner. Um, in terms of like some other positions, you know, I think offensive line is is a fair one to question. Um, I think that the, the Steelers – if they're going to kind of explore some different maybe avenues in terms of upgrading offensive line play, I really think that it may just be a matter of like moving some pieces around, uh, you know, James Daniels, it sounds like he's going to be able to give it a go. Uh, now that he's hopefully going to be fully healthy as the Steelers exit the bye week, you know, Daniels is a guy who's, who's played some center. He's he played some center, you know, in college, he's played there in the, in the NFL with Chicago, so he's a guy that they could potentially put at center with Mason Cole, you know, struggling mightily over the first month of the season. That would be something that I would at least, you know, at least think about if those struggles continue for Cole. Uh, because, you know, especially with Kenny Pickett, man, like some of the stuff we talked about with his, you know, his pocket navigation, his footwork being a little bit all over the place, just real, looking real antsy and uncomfortable. Uh, you know, the center and the interior of the offensive line is really responsible for setting the depth of the pocket. So if you got a guy who's consistently losing quickly on a couple reps per game, that's not going to help get your quarterback in a good rhythm. So they, that's something that I would probably think about. Maybe not an outside solution, but there mm -hmm. might be an inside solution already there. Just as a sidebar, how spoiled were the Steelers over the years to have someone like Ben Roethlisberger, who was always composed, regardless of how clean of a pocket he had, regardless of how deep he was dropping. It just always seemed like he had an ability to keep his eyes downfield and make a play is it just the fact that we in Pittsburgh here were used to that sort of thing 
and maybe didn't realize how pivotal having good pass blocking up front could be. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, uh, you know, Ben played for so long, so he he was behind, you know, good offensive lines, really bad offensive lines, a mix. You know, it, it we got to see him in a, a ton of different environments. And I think really just in general, man, it's just uh, something that it's frustrating now because, uh, you know, they've got a young quarterback, one who's still really trying to figure out his way in the league. I, I think more than anything, man, it's just – understanding that those type of quarterbacks that just don't grow on trees man i mean there's there's franchises that look for decades uh for those type of guys and unfortunately the steelers are kind of joining the rest of the nfl and what it's really like to kind of be going through this rebuilding kind of process or transition process where you're going from a hall of fame quarterback to another youngster um and you know ben ben wasn't uh always maybe the most traditional person in the pocket but like you know his size his athleticism uh, his arm, you know, all those things allowed him to kind of uh, mitigate, you know, problems that the Steelers offense might have had throughout the years. And, you know, that's definitely a luxury that, you know, they they no longer unfortunately have. But, you know, I think the Steelers have done a decent job putting, uh, you know, complimentary pieces or at least the the bare minimum around Kenny Pickett. You know, I, I like the weapons that they've got on the outside. You know, I, I really like Deontay Johnson, George Pickens. Um, if the Steelers can find an identity on offense to get back to how they ran the ball so well last season after the bye week, um, I think it'll do a lot to calm Kenny Pickett down because he's not a guy, especially at this stage of his career, where you know they're going to be able to just hand him the keys and he's going to take over. You're not, you're not expecting that. Uh, really, you're just trying to get him more in a rhythm so that we can start getting back on kind of that upward trajectory with his development. And still a long way to go in the season, five games down, 12 to play, starting with this weekend at Los Angeles at SoFi Stadium. I mentioned it's going to be a four o'clock start for the Eastern time zone and uh, looking forward to seeing what the Steelers bring out of the bye. As far as the Rams are concerned, though, it's a three and three team, third place in the NFC West. They've beaten the Cardinals. They've beaten the Colts. They've beaten the Seahawks. Those last two in close games, they've lost close games to the Bengals and the Niners, and they uh, fell by double digits to the Eagles recently as well. I know you mentioned the Rams like to go with a, a light box, not a lot of folks, not a lot of congestion at the defensive front. Is there an opportunity perhaps for that running game to get going, especially on the inside with some decent blocking? How do you feel? I guess we'll start on the offensive side. How do you feel the Steelers' offense matches up against the Rams' defense? Yeah, I'll be completely honest. I kind of got to eat some crow here because I, I honestly thought that this Rams team was, uh, you know, they still had some older stars. You know, you got Matt Stafford, Aaron Donald, Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup being injured to start the season. I kind of just assumed that this team was going to be like in purgatory. I thought they were going to be really bad. I didn't like the way they finished the season last year. Stafford didn't look like the same player. They They've honestly impressed me a lot, man. I think Sean McVay is doing a heck of a job, especially on offense. Uh, he's got them rolling. Even I think they're playing better than the box score would indicate, especially Stafford. Uh, but just from from a defensive perspective, some of the stuff that they like, you know, Raheem Morris, he's he's always been a really highly regarded uh, defensive coordinator. They use a lot of dime personnel, so a lot of six defensive backs on the field. It's a lot of off coverage, too high safety presentations, like you mentioned, the light boxes. So they like to go with kind of like a six-man front up front um, and try to stop the run like that. The good thing for them is that they've been like pretty good about stopping the run. They're like top 10 in success rate. Um, anytime you're top 10 in success rate and you're not dedicating a ton of resources to stopping the run, it kind of makes um, makes your pass defense stronger. And, you know, you look over on that side of the ball, man, you know, Killer Witherspoon's playing really well, but 
I mean, I think the average football fan would struggle to name half the starters on the Rams defense right now. They, they're getting some serious contributions from guys like like rookies, like Byron Young's playing extremely well next to Aaron Donald. He's kind of been uh, his sidekick rushing the passer. So they're definitely playing above their talent level, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, Morris and Sean McVay, they, they deserve a lot of credit for that. Matthew Stafford, you mentioned him, always a player that, that catches your eye, whether he was uh, piling up the yardage in Detroit in some pretty hopeless situations and, and now got his Super Bowl out in L.A. And and like you said, I think it was reasonable to expect some of these veterans to perhaps ride off into the sunset, metaphorically speaking, not be at their best. But uh, I still think Stafford can beat you if, if given the proper situation, if given the, the proper look. So um, what can the Steelers do to disrupt the, the Rams attack? How, how do you think they might be able to chip away at some of those vulnerabilities there. Yeah, I mean, the Rams, um, they've kind of turned back the clock with some of their stuff that they're doing, but there's also a lot of differences between the last time that the Steelers saw this Rams offense. Uh, still, it's a lot of 11 personnel, uh, highest rate in the league. They utilize a lot of motion. They've kind of taken that little out motion that Miami's doing uh, to create leverage in the past game. They've taken that, um, and it seems like they're using it just about as much as anybody in the league. Uh, the big difference, I feel like, from – this offense, this kind of happened like late last year with McVay is like, I think we always kind of uh, think about the Shanahan McVay type offenses as like zone blocking offenses, but the Rams are really uh, gap heavy. They're the uh, number one team in terms of gap uh, run usage right now. So they're, they're getting after you a little bit different. You know, Kevin Doss is playing really well. Uh, in the middle for them. Steve Avila was a guy that I like a lot coming out of the draft. And then, you know, you just look at the weapons. Atwell is the deep threat. You know, Puka Nakua, you know, he's had some historically great numbers for a rookie, you know, working the intermediate areas of the field. Cooper Cup, you know, everybody kind of knows about what what he's mm -hmm. about. So, you know, Stafford, man, he's a guy that's going to push the ball down the field. He's He's got a heck of an arm. His arm is like – his arm looks way better than it did last year. I don't know what he did over the offseason, but it, it looks really good. He's firing some lasers. He's going to push the ball. They throw a lot of in-breakers. Really, for him, man, you just got to get him off his spot. Uh, pass rush needs to be really good. The Rams' offensive line's played better than expected. That's probably been the biggest surprise for me personally. But if you can get him off his spot, he will take some chances. Uh, he's not the most mobile guy in the world. He's probably one of the least mobile quarterbacks in the NFL at this point. Uh, so the Steelers' edge rushers, you know, they got to take advantage of uh, that Rams' offensive line in particular. They've had some injuries up there. They've kind of been mixing and matching. So far, it's worked out, but I don't know that they faced like a pass rush with this much high-end talent like the Steelers have with Alex Highsmith, TJ Watt. So we're going to see how that we're going to see how that works. You mentioned on Twitter this week that uh, Sports Info Solutions had the Steelers as the seventh most successful in terms of uh, um, rush rate from their from their pass rushers, and of course TJ Watt's at the top of that list. Uh, you saw Golden, you saw Highsmith um, in the teens as far as getting home and getting pressures on the quarterback. Is there anything scheme-wise that the Steelers are doing to uh, free up those those uh, dynamic players, or are we talking about, do you think we're talking about just the talent uh, coming through? Yeah, I, th I think, um, you know, they, they do some creative stuff in terms of just getting their guys one-on-ones, you know, showing some some kind of faux pressure or whatever you will at the line of scrimmage. But, um, you know, they've had some success with some stunts, uh, especially with Alex Highsmith uh, on that side of the ball. You know, he, he got home a couple times uh, with some successful 
uh, stunts last week against Baltimore. But I really just – I consider it, man, it's more of just a talent thing. I mean, what Alex Highsmith did last week to Ronnie Stanley was criminal. I mean, I think he finished with seven pressures. Um, he was beating him just on every single rep that he was left one-on-one. It was really impressive. Uh, cross chop was just killing Stanley. So when you got that guy as like kind of your second best pass rusher across from TJ Watt, it's – it's pretty difficult to defend because kind of like what we were talking about with Pickens and Deontay, you know, when you're going through your game planning process, whether you're on offense or defense, you got to fit, you got to figure out what you're going to take away. You know, teams, if they want to go ahead and, you know, chip TJ Watt with the tight end or with a running back, or they want to slide the protection over there, well, then you're, you know, leaving your left tackle one-on-one with Alex, Alex Hospit. Then, you know, he's the type of player that's going to consistently win the majority of those matchups. So um, I think that's that's really the key this week in terms of stopping the Rams passing game is really just making sure, um, you know, you flood the intermediate areas of the field. You know, Stafford really loves to throw the ball in the middle. So make sure, you know, you do a good job flooding those areas and get him off his spot, you know, because if he's allowed to kind of just sit back there and set his feet, um, he he's one of the few quarterbacks in the NFL that can actually legitimately make every throw. We use that cliche way too often to talk about quarterbacks, but there is not a throw on the field that Stafford cannot make. He knows it too. So he will test you. He'll access every bit of the field. Um, you just got to make sure you get him off the spot. And the Rams run game too, like it's been pretty efficient. It was really good in the second half last week, but no Kyron Williams for them this week. So we're going to see who, I don't know who the heck's going to carry the ball for them this week. I have no idea. Maybe Zach Evans. Um, they signed some guys too, but that'll be interesting to see um, because, you know, if they can't run the ball, uh, that's going to put more pressure on the passing game, force those uh, offensive tackles to, you know, pass set more than they probably want to. All right. Just about out of time of our uh, action packed half hour that we have weekly for you here on uh, Steelers. Now this is the Steelers now pregame scout. Let's wrap it up though, with a prediction for this week's game. The Steelers are one and one on the road, Derek. They uh, played a pretty solid uh, one at uh, Las Vegas against the Raiders and then uh, a massive dud pretty much at Houston. So where do you see this one going and and uh, how much are we going to have to be sweating this one out in the fourth quarter? I, I think this one's going to be a close game. I really do. I don't see the Steelers getting blown out. Uh, but then again, I really didn't think they'd get blown out against, um, against Houston either. But I do think that um, – it is interesting because they're obviously with Shanahan and McVay working together for so long. They are different offenses and um, how they operate, but they do steal from one another. So I am very interested to see what McVay takes from some of the success that um, Shanahan and Slovic had against the Steelers early in the season. That's really the number one thing I'm looking for is what is he going to pull from out of those two successful performances um, I think the Steelers have a good shot to win this one, uh, but they absolutely have to make sure that they get a couple turnovers. Stafford, you know, he's a guy who, like I said, he's going to try to test some windows. You have to take advantage of those opportunities when they present themselves. I think if the Steelers pass rush is good enough and it dominates, uh, the Steelers will win. I think if they don't get enough pressure, they don't get turnovers. I think the Rams probably win. So that's the biggest thing for me. I know it's cliche as possible, but mm-hmm. when the Steelers beat up the quarterback, when they get turnovers, they win. When they don't, they don't. So that's pretty, it's pretty simple for me in terms of like keys to victory. Hey, if it's a cliche, it's a cliche, but if it's true, it's true. And uh, you you, you can't just swim against the current just for the sake of it. I suppose you could, but I don't know if it'd be very smart. Not going anywhere, right? Right, exactly. All right. So that's Derek Bell. I'm Matt Geica. Again, visit SteelersNow.com and you can find us on social media at PGH Steelers Now. 
And we'll talk to you next week with another Steelers Now pregame scout.